time to look back at the last Forge FC contest. Simply stunning stuff. And finally, their goal. Here is Match and Review. My word, what a rocket. With Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Hey, Forge fans. It is the Forge Audio Network. I'm Anthony Urcioli. It's the Match and Review. What a match to review. Um, I I wish I took neater notes because I, I have a lot I have a lot to say. <laughs> and let's hope we can get all in. Uh, we're still gonna hear from head coach and technical director of Forge FC Bobby Smirniotis. We're also gonna hear from Noah Jensen, who is one of the goal scorers. Three-nothing the final Forge FC with a win at Wanderers Ground against Halifax. Uh in the last two matches. Now keep in mind, this is Wanderers Ground. The most difficult, one of the most difficult stadiums to play in in the CPL. I say one of, it might be the most, but that's always subjective. So we'll, I'll say one of. Let's play it safe there. In the last two matches Forge has played at Wanderers Ground, they've outscored Halifax 7-0. And these two clubs were tied in the standings going into this match, locked on 14 points. These are not equal teams. I mean, let, let's just, there's no bias or what, it's a fact. I mean, these are not teams that are equal. Forge FC is clearly the better club, and they've now demonstrated it twice. We thought we would see an angry Halifax club looking for some revenge after suffering their worst home loss in franchise history to Forge last time. Forge almost repeated the performance. In fact, this one may have been more dominant than that 4 nothing win, if that's possible because Forge also left a lot of goals out on the field which is kind of funny to say after winning three nothing uh, but there definitely could have been more we're also gonna by the way we're gonna hear from um the other side as well we're gonna hear from head coach Stephen Hart not happy with his guys with his wanderers after that loss and we'll also hear from uh, Christian Oxford the keeper with Halifax just to get their side of things let's revisit the three keys first uh, a moment here um First key going into this match, I said Halifax catch up, meaning Wanderers don't score a ton of goals despite their effectiveness at home. They're not a team that scores a lot. Make them play from behind, get your goal, get an early lead, get that first half leave lead at at least just get some kind of lead at first half or early and uh, force the Wanderers to get out of their comfort zone and force them to have to to make up ground and score goals, which they're just not that effective at this season, at least not consistency, uh, consistently rather. And Forge did that. They two first half goals and then the clincher. We'll get through the scoring summary in a moment after we go through the three keys here. So Halifax catch up, that key, success. Halifax had to catch up all night. Uh, key number two, time to shine. We knew that at least one player was going to see some minutes that maybe they weren't used to seeing this season, and and it would be someone that was typically coming off the bench. Noah Jensen was the guy. He does have some starts this season. He's definitely has enough quality to start for any other team in the Canadian Premier League. It just so happens he plays on one of the deepest teams with the deep uh, the deepest midfield in the Canadian Premier League. Noah though getting a start, did he shine? Boy did he! He had a goal. He was a prototypical box to box midfielder in this match, and 
we'll we'll get to it a little more. But there's Noah's a special player. I mean, he he just is, and we'll, we'll talk about him a little more in a bit. So two keys down, two out of three down. Did they get the third? Yes. Bring the energy was the final key. Energy is an understatement. I'm pretty sure Forge won it seemingly. Forge won every single 50-50 ball on the field in Halifax. That's a good. That means you're bringing the energy. I mean, if you're looking for one indicator as to which team brought more energy and and has just has that fight in them, and it's a little a little more. All you need is that little bit more energy from one side, and that can be the difference. And it was, and it was a lot of energy, and it was from every single player in that Forge lineup who just were dominant in those 50-50s, in those battles uh, through the air off the dribble, all of those things. So, yes, that's three for three on the keys. And maybe not so coincidentally, they went 3 nothing in Halifax. And we'll take a look at the standings as well in a bit. First, let's get through the scoring summary here. Wubens Passius gets the start, and he opens the scoring at the 15-minute mark. Wubens making it one nothing. Forge. Noah Jensen scoring. In the 25th minute, that put Forge up 2-0. Noah getting an opportunity, makes a, a great run, finds some space, finds a soft area at the top of the box, and is wide open for David Chaunier, who was an absolute force in that first half, especially um, absolutely the most noticeable player on the field. And, uh, I mean, seemingly unstoppable at times. So that was the first half. It was all Forge. Second half... Um, Halifax was better, but Forge still holding down the fort. And, you know, you're expecting a push from Halifax if Forge handled it beautifully. Emery Welshman coming on as a substitute scores in the 84th minute after Taron Campbell, who also came on as a substitute, just bullied his way through three or four defenders in the Halifax, uh, in the box. And, you know, his hard work is Ends up getting the ball to Welshman, who makes absolutely no mistake, as you would not expect him to from that position. Shots 15 to 8 in favor of Forge on target, 7 to 2 in favor of Forge. By the way, I thought this was interesting. Forge only gives up a little more than two shots on target per match. So you're in pretty good shape if you're only giving up a couple of shots a game. Tristan Henry. Here's the reality. Yes, it's a clean sheet. Yes, he only had to face two uh, two shots. And I had it. I mean, I wrote it down because I thought it was what if Halifax had scored here, there would have been a glimmer because it was only it was two nothing Forge at that point. They had dominated, but all of a sudden, if you're only up two one after being that dominant the first first half and then the the the, the half of the second half as well. You're going. Oh, wait a minute. This we don't. We don't know. We don't know now. Now there's a little bit of nervousness coming into play here, and Halifax could have maybe capitalized. But Tristan Henry, I wrote it down. He made a fantastic save on a chance in the. Um, it, I you know what? Remember when I said I need to take um, much clearer notes? This is why. Seventy fourth minute. Very anti. I'm sorry, Tristan. I, I anticlimactic finish to, uh, to 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 that brilliant save of yours, uh, but it was a big save in the 74th minute. And when you're a keeper that's not called upon to make a ton of saves, and Henry is not, I mean that can be more difficult to see. You know, I mean to see two shots in a match and to be ready. Um, 
when the other club is an opportunity like that in the 74th minute and Henry making the big save. Um, Wanderers did get a red card in the 80th minute, Restrepo, and uh, that was before the Welshman goal. Possession, 53% in favor of Forge. And, um, yeah, they were accurate on their passes at, uh, at 81%. That's actually a little lower than their average. So, either way, it's a victory. It's three points. Forge FC making their climb up the league table. And things are tight. The table in the Canadian Premier League at the conclusion of the Forge-Halifax match. Forge in fourth place. Here's this is I mean this is how tight things are. Forge have 17 points. They're in fourth place. Team above them 18 points. Team above them 19 points. Team above them 20 points. So tw- there are three points separating first to fourth. I mean we're in for a wild last half and a bit of well we could say the final two thirds of the season. That's maybe a little closer. But yeah we're we're in for a fun one. And I think the the, the top four teams in the CPL right now. I mean. You never know. Injuries happen. Things, you know, things can happen in this league with the roster size limits and things like that, where teams could run into trouble here and there. And, you know, the depth really needs to prevail. Um, you know, in tonight's match, great example. Forge had some new faces in there. Um, Noah Jensen being being one of them. And he stepped up and scored a goal. And that's what this league is about. How do your depth players perform when they get opportunities Halifax, some key guys missing, and some guys were given an opportunity to step in and step up, and they did not. And we'll get we'll get to, we're going to elaborate on that even more a little later as well when we hear from um, the Halifax side of things. So Forge three points out of top spot right now with a game in hand on Calvary. So things are looking pretty good, and the goal differential climbs continues to climb. Forge far and away the most dominant team in terms of uh, goals for and against. And I know those can be skewed if you have one really bad match or one great one. A lot of examples of that, uh, Atletico, um, for one. But Forge is plus 12. The next best team is plus 7, and that's Calvary in first place. In fact, the two teams between Calvary and Forge, who are in first and fourth, have a minus goal differential. And that 6-1 loss Atletico had is kind of rearing. It's 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 skewing things a little bit, um, but still an impressive, impressive, impressive start to the season. Forge, the highest scoring club in the Canadian Premier League, also have the best goals against in the Canadian Premier League. That's a recipe for success as Forge continues to hunt down top spot on the table and to get home field advantage throughout the postseason. Okay, let's hear from the guys um, first. Let's hear from head coach Bobby Smirniotis after after his uh, club's 3-0 win over Halifax. Yeah, I think a couple of things. Coming into the game, we always know it's a difficult place to play. You know, we had success here a few weeks back um, with that game, and uh, we wanted to use that a little bit as our, as our template and, you know, what we did very well in that game and uh, and what we've continued to do well since uh, since that game. So I think the guys did that excellent in the first half. You know, we were high up the pitch. Uh, we made sure our ball circulation was very good. We got into the right areas in behind. Uh, Schwenier was excellent on that on that right-hand side. And we picked certain uh, areas in the box to get the ball to, and we know those are... Uh, you know, places where you're going to create uh, high opportunities, high efficiency opportunities, uh, and uh, you're going to score goals, and that's what the guys did. And you seem to be back on a roll here. Obviously, at the start of the season, it was a little rough for you guys, injuries, people going away for international caps and stuff like that. What's it like to have everybody kind of back in the fold today, being able to bring, like, Taryn Campbell off the bench, Emery Welshman? There's a lot of squad depth, it feels like, right now with your uh, your club. 
Yeah, I think there's uh, two things that you look at the positive. One is the results have been very good, even though we've been missing uh, quite a few players. And, and now getting them back in, I think that that helps as we keep on going. You know, this is a long season. Uh, one thing we've learned over, over the past with the long seasons is there's ups and downs and you need squad depth in this league. Um, that's important. It's one thing we always plan for uh, as, a, as a group, as a team. We still have a few guys that we're waiting uh, to get back in, uh, in Dom Samuel, Johnny Grant, um, Chris Nankel, Daniel Crutzen a little bit uh, later on. So we've got some good players uh, still on the sideline, uh, but I'm very happy for everyone who's uh, who stepped in. And to be honest, not only just stepped in and, and filled the role, they've really taken a role. Noah with the, with the big goal today he he's a guy who you know as a teammate as a leader has he's had that reputation through his youth career into his college career when he scored that goal you can see the reaction even from his teammates they're really excited for him can you maybe just talk about his performance today and then some of those uh, leadership intangibles that he brings as well first and foremost you see the reaction of his teammates that's indicative of what he is like in training you know he's a guy who's out there he's working hard you know hasn't had the most minutes um, but when he's getting them, he's taking uh, advantage of them. And he's a player uh, that doesn't, uh, you know, look and see how many minutes he's playing, but rather he's working. He knows he's part of a squad that has a very deep midfield um, and a very good midfield. Um, but the one thing I know is his future is bright. You know, he's, he's a player that's going to do very good things at this club and, and hopefully beyond. And that's the performances you need. You know, that's the mindset of a professional. It's a mindset of a leader and all the other places he's been. Is he, he takes his moments and he goes in there and he performs. And uh, when he doesn't have his moments in the games, he's working hard in training um, because that's the only thing you can do. And that's the toughest thing sometimes for a professional player. And his mindset is top. Yeah, such such a great performance for, from, from Noah and then the reaction from his teammates, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, let's hear what Noah has to say about his performance uh, and the club's win. What do you think it is that makes you a good leader and a good teammate? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's something I've kind of uh, developed over my years playing the game and playing as a pro. That's something I wanted to continue going into the next level. And I know that every single week I have a, a role to play in this team. And all I can do is give 100 percent for not only myself, my coaches and also my teammates, because I'm only helping my teammates get better week in, week out. And yeah, it's really nice when it when it comes together like it did today. But yeah, it's just all about working for my teammates. And that's what I'm going to continue doing. Um, as you'd expect, a much different tone from the other side. Halifax head coach Stephen Hart, not a happy camper after his club's loss to Forge. Just uh, defensively, on the first two goals, do you look back on those as more of uh, you know, kind of a tactical advantage that Forge had, or was that just uh, players and lines dropping too deep, leaving too much space? Which, which does it come down to? How can it be a tactical advantage when the first goal, the guy beats four or five guys? What, what does that have to do with tactics, you know? And uh, and then the set, you get you get scored on almost with the exact type of play the second time. So the 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 the, the, mid, the players who are supposed to be running and cover that space are not running. It's not tactics. It's a running game, and they just did not do that. So that's the message the players. Of course, of course, they you you, you cannot have it both ways, right? Off the ball, you have to, to close down the space and cover space and everything that's necessary. It has nothing to do with how you how you play. No matter what uh, shape you play and what system you play, you still have to fill space and take away space. And they did not do that. And they paid the price for it, you know. And uh, we tried a little better in the, in, the, in the second half. But if you look at the game and you look at Forge, for example, they won every confrontation. 
every 50-50 with determination, with good strength. With... So if, you, if you're not up for that, I don't care what your tactics are. From the bench, it looks simple. But if you are not willing to, to run and do your job, they will pick you apart. It's, you're playing Forge. They are the flagship team of the league. All right, now I, I do want to check in with uh, Christian Oxner, the keeper with Halifax. He, he had an interesting point. Um, he was asked about some key guys being out of the lineup for Halifax in this match against Forge. And the guys that stepped in, guys that were given an opportunity and didn't quite take advantage of it. Let's hear from Oxner. I mean, it's obviously going to be different, but it shouldn't matter because these are the same guys who will who will sit in the locker room and, and be upset that they're not playing. So, you know, you, you get the chance today. You have to take it. That is football. You know, we need to have that mentality that guys have to start to step up when, they're, when their number gets called and, and things like that. That is the game. You know, one guy's loss is another guy's opportunity. It will always be like that. So, you know, it will obviously be different, but at the same time, you know, it, it, they have to maintain the same level that these guys have when they play. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point from 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 Oxner. Uh, so I thought that that was worth playing. Uh, before before we go, I I do want to point out a few things. So um, Abu Sissoko, who's been just incredible for Forge this year, and a huge reason why. I mean, he's see, and this is the thing with Sissoko. It's such a thankless job sometimes. Where I didn't, we didn't even mention Sissoko. Um, he was brilliant again today, just c- connecting plays. His he he's just when you when we talk about a box to box midfielder, sure he's not going to show up on the score sheet necessarily. So it's not that he's scoring, but the way his passing, his ability to find teammates and anticipate runs, and then to come back and defend, he's just he's so hard on the ball. That combination of of strength and toughness with the skill that he has, it's really it's just he's not a natural. Well, I should he has been a midfielder before in his career. But he was playing fullback for Forge when when they, they they had a need, and as soon as Rama, another guy who doesn't get a ton of attention but deserves it, consider this: Rama comes in about he's been with in Hamilton with Forge for I don't know four to six weeks or so, and he cut he he arrives in Hamilton from the UK. Everywhere he's played, he's been um, a, a foreigner, uh, someone playing out of his comfort zone, doesn't always speak the language. He comes to Hamilton. The week he gets here, he's thrown in, throw, thrown into the fire. He's playing. Bobby Smyrniotis, after this match against Halifax, called Rama the best right back in the Canadian Premier League. And it is very difficult to argue that. His defending... His physical play is, it's, he is exactly what you want if you're a soccer coach. Hard, hard tackles, hard plays, but he's, he doesn't get booked a lot. He's not a guy that's getting sent off. He's not a dirty player. He just, he plays the exact right way and he does exactly what you're looking for. But again, a guy maybe more comfortable playing center back. He moves to fullback and he's, he's already the best at his position, arguably. Not if you're Bob, Bobby's not arguing it, that's for sure. But if you do want to argue it, you could say he's one of. But there's an argument to be made that he is the best right back in the Canadian Premier League right now. And the way he's working with David Chouanier, you know, when you play for Forge and you're a winger or you're a fullback, a lot of that becomes interchangeable in those switches. And 
the chemistry there is, is just fantastic between whether it's uh, Borges and Ashton Morgan on the other side or it's uh, Schwanier and Rama on, on that side. And I, I got off Sissoko a bit, but Rama, Sissoko, it ties in because Sissoko was playing there. Rama comes in, takes over, plays amazing. Now Sissoko can move back into the middle where he's been phenomenal, as good as anybody in the midfield this season, if not better. And you just have a, a, fan, a great situation that kind of happened by mistake. I mean, Bobby Smirniero is a, is a coaching and tactical genius. We, I think we understand that. But he may not have made those changes if not for some injuries, which you never want to see. But what it's done, and we kind of touched on this, you never want anyone to get injured. And don't ever misinterpret that. But the silver lining when there are injuries are that now when different guys get different kinds of opportunities, you learn a lot about your club when you're facing that kind of adversity. And Forge has. And everything they've learned has been positive. And great great problem for a coach to have, which is it's a problem Bobby will have very soon, is guys are slowly getting healthy and getting back into the lineup. And now there's some very difficult decisions to make. But listen, depth is never a bad thing. It's not always fun if you're a player, but to this point, from what we've seen and heard from Forge, from the players, they are they have bought into this mentality, and they are they want to win a championship. Whoever's on the field to get them there, sure they'd prefer to be the ones on the field, uh, but first and foremost, they want this club to win another championship. Their fourth in uh, rather their third in fourth four seasons. All right, what do we have with Forge coming up soon? Um, we have a lot of time off for Forge FC. They will play again on June 29th. That's next Wednesday. So they do get uh, about 10 days off. And they will be home to Valor. Tickets available for that match. Abu Sissoko will not be in that match because he's accumulated four yellow cards. So he will miss that match. He gets a lot, quite a bit of time off. He won't play again until July 3rd. That is the next match for Forge. Also a home match. That's on a Sunday. Um, but before that, we have Valor on the 29th, 7 o'clock. It's a Wednesday night. Tickets available. So enjoy the time off. Remember, just because the club isn't playing matches, they're, they're, not, they're not off. They're going to be training, and they're going to be working on some things, and they will be ready for Valor. Extra time to prepare for Valor is bad news um, for Valor coming in to Hamilton and to Tim Hortons Field to take on Forge. Also, keep it locked onto the Forge Audio Network. Subscribe however you get your podcasts. Um, don't forget, if you do listen to our podcast, fantastic. But we also have a video component as well. You can catch that on YouTube on the Forge FC official website. Also, you'll see it uploaded to our social media channels regularly. And we will not be resting despite the time off in between games. Uh, we'll have a focus on Forge coming up very, very shortly. And also you will be at, uh, you'll get coverage from training as well as Forge prepares for Valor. All right, your final from Halifax, 3-0, Forge FC outscoring the Wanderers 7-0 in their last two appearances out east at Wanderers Ground. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This has been Match in Review with Anthony Archiola.
Foley on the Forge Audio Network. For the latest on all things Forge FC, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.